Hey everyone, welcome to the 13th episode of Anuni. Uh, I'm your host, Kazuki, and with me is my co-host, Ai. Uh, today, hello, today we have decided to talk about world building uh, in D&D. In &D, uh, I'm not sure. It could be a book. I don't know. Yeah, I well, don't know. Okay, that, that works. Today, as usual, we are just winging it for this subject matter. So, uh, world building. When, when you hear that term, what comes to mind? Uh, lore. Basically, the background of a story or uh, a flavor. A, flav a, a flavor to a story, perhaps? Or something that... That makes a story richer, or something like that. When you speak about lore, what elements are usually? What's the basic elements that you would consider? Lore, uh, probably a, yeah, a uh, probably a background, um, history, characteristics, yeah, something like that, yeah. Yeah. So. I think about it as um, like the general setting, maybe time period, fictional, non-fictional, or a mix, culture, races, okay. maybe languages, religion, politics. I think it's there's a lot that goes into lore. Well, lore so, is um, a very broad topic. Yeah, it's broad a broad term, as it is. So yeah. So um, when you build worlds do you start small or do you start with um from like a whole world and moving into like continents and then territories or do you start just uh, there's a vague world out there and you start in this tiny little village or something what do you um, prefer? usually prefer you starting worlds? with a village but um because I, I like to plan ahead so if i know that this is, will be like a um a huge setting i at least start with a region or a continent depends on how how large do i want the skill to be have you created one and how how expensive uh, is it? i created a continent so I created a content before for a previous supposed to be a campaign for the D&D campaign and then uh yeah it's uh it has different kingdoms it has different biomes it has different like products um trade uh, routes um different uh for like for each town depending on the region they produce like different crops they produce like um different kinds of a uh, mentality uh culture or like um what else for example in the, in the same one kingdom despite being just one kingdom depending on the region they might have a different culture or they might have a different like uh guards or philosophy and fighting things like that And do you like how do you manage all those different things do you do you 
put them somewhere, write them down, or have like, uh, a I write them down first, yeah. um, and then I check check the world if if this makes sense. I will add it, but if not, probably just put it back onto as a note, and then probably check once again if that will work somewhere else. Probably not on the region that I'm currently working. Or probably in a different world, something like that. Do you use like uh, apps for world? Um, no. Um, usually just check like cartography maps or well, I use references like how should a map work or how should a landmass um change. Or, yeah, oh, that's interesting. Because depending on the landmass, depending on the altitude of the landmass, uh, mm -hmm. crops and biomes should, or like, yeah, f flora and fauna would be would be Too different. Much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is that's a pretty good thing to note, and that kind of helps limit resources does, as yeah. well, and kind of provides variety to the different uh, the different territories okay um i think there's an app i forgot i haven't really used it it's called and oh uh, yeah um or something i'm more yeah. like into free apps i can't afford them well i don't know if i actually subscribe is this world this is world anvil right yeah world anvil yeah yeah, World Anvil, I think. Yeah, should check that out. But for maps, do you use um, existing and restructure it, or do you like create it from scratch? Uh, for the first one that I build, um, I I reference a map that is like completely working. Like, it's just a it's just still a <laughs> fantasy continent, but I I repurpose it. I think that would be like the easier route just to find a, an established map. Yes. Look at yeah, what, but, what's there. Um, because at some part I did change something like the roots of the river. So those, those like the villages around the river, it also changes. So from the original source, they're going to be like changes from that. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I think it would be, if you're a first-time um, world builder, I think the one of the better options would be to find an existing map and just study that and repurpose it. I mean, yeah, th that's the best way to do it, yeah. Because it, it's less work. And, um, yeah, yeah. Um, you have, like, a vision of how an existing world works. You just basically just flavor it the way you want it. yeah so that's part of the setting you mentioned yeah. biomes what what kind of biomes have you like utilized for your maps or for your um worlds um i really like desolate places so yeah um i had like probably like desolate places and then desert 
few like forests here and there Ooh. just to yeah yeah Answers. so how would you uh how would you utilize the desert exactly like what what would be there what kind of raises and how how would they adapt and survive how how does that work because that's like basically one of the hardest is, yeah. environments well um so it's you know, limited well since this is a fish fictional world and you want something to put in your desert it's not just unpopulated area i put an oasis on the desert so that there's like a like town or a small city on the center or depending on where do you want it or i put like um just to make sure that travelers survive like i put outpost depending on the edge of the desert going doing through it and the other um uh, from side to side so yeah so that's how i ensure like trade oh. post like make sure that the tra travelers and traders like survive the travel with the desert yeah that's that's pretty neat like what would you trade if you were in a desert what would you have to offer to trade to travelers obviously what you would probably prize is water and stuff uh, that I, are not I don't think you would like, go ahead and sell water that's pretty hard to like um what a uh, transport but like crops perhaps maybe. grains uh clothes uh dried meat processed meat um something that it won't um spoil within the heat yeah mm -hmm. yeah well, that's true so desert that's one one no. type of setting have you ever built um something that's in water or not yet uh, yeah that's that's my next plan to build i well basically i try to build once like a an atlantis but i'm not really happy with it like because it's just atlantis just reflavored yeah. yeah yeah there's so much you, you can do with yeah water so yeah so yeah places. probably what i'm trying to do next is to do like a uh underground dwellers so yeah you know, mm -hmm. so I'm, I'm trying to work on like a kingdom like on land or above land above ground and then kingdom underground yeah so yeah that's so um so where would the entrance be for for something like that like is because usually it's mountains and then there's caverns and oh um, i'm not down. trying to be very like a very secretive about the underground kingdom so they're supposed yeah, to be like um yeah. fosway or like an entrance um guarded by like a city or a town like where who is like allied to them or a vassal to them that's someone who is benefiting like who benefits from having a kingdom within like underground you know mm. that sounds good so we are just dis discussing these things and the goal is just basically to give um listeners an idea of 
how we create worlds or mm -hmm. plan to and maybe they can get ideas or you know get some perspective and maybe they would even have ideas of their own that they won't completely yeah, agree with but the thing is that we do stuff yeah, but it's um, just yeah it's just for nice most about it's it. different process some like start with like mm -hmm. their pantheon of gods then go to the small delay yeah so oh, speaking of gods do you have gods in in your world and what pantheons nah, what, what, i what use the same use? pantheon like, because i'm just too lazy to give like characteristic to the gods <laughs> and i'm not sure if i have the capacity to create like um you know like like yeah whole like the whole yeah like the mythos and like the what do you mean um like the costs and effect of their action through the ages I can't, I can't, mm, yeah. I can't, like, I can't think of it if I don't know who they are. So at least from the current existing gods, I know, like, what their behaviors, how will they act through the ages, things like that. That is, that is true. I would have, I would do the same if I ever, but that would mean reading a lot of the lore and seeing what would possibly work with with the settings and you can also go like um What's monotheistic that? god if you want yeah yeah that is true like how would you employ uh or how or what is the dynamic between um the peoples and the gods in your world like are they super close or indifferent i mean or, they uh, I mean, well given that's again it's it's a dandy setting they have like hands on on like basically the denizens of the world understand that there are higher beings that there are gods because existence of the cleric um something like um prevent like uh apocalypse or the the total annihilation of race so only gods can prevent that yeah and are they the gods are they super chummy with the clerics or are they you know how do you how do you manage that relationship do they answer the call every time um or some of the time or do you do you no, i'd say it depends on the god on how fickle their mind is because not all mm -hmm. gods are chummy chummy with their cleric some are just like okay here's a yeah. power Go ahead and use it <laughs> and that's basically the first and the last time they actually communicate but also yeah i'm also open to the this other guys who are actually very close to the clerics that talks to them well depending on who's that who is that god and what is their nature uh yeah, that makes sense. I haven't really read all a lot, so I don't really know. But I just probably have like uh, some snippets mm -hmm. of this okay. god or that god and what what they do. But it's always different for different yeah. worlds. I don't know. I'm so. now I'm thinking about a god or a world which has no god, but oh. the cleric magic still works. So. It's like I'm the mister of the world. That's interesting. So, yeah. 
So speaking of like uh, magic, how is magic employed in world? Is it bountiful or is it? Do you limit it? How do you manage uh, magic and for magic items? Perhaps. Um, I'd I'd like to think like um, the magic develop via use of high higher authorities like they existed meaning they're used for combat and um and other like arcade practitioner who has like um to enable to make their lives better but not to the point that it's accessible to the commoners like i mean unless you're a sorcerer who have access to magic or like a commoner who is a wizard thing like that but it's not like everyone can do magic and like make your lives better. Yeah, that makes sense. I think limiting the the amount of magic helps helps the characters develop. Yeah. More. And what about magical items? Ooh, I'm not really fond of magical items. Probably there are like few uh legendary items scattered somewhere there but not like overpowered items that like could like decimate thousands of uh soldiers in one swing something like that no probably the they are legendary because they've been used or they've wow. been a part of something during the past stages So would it be just is it all just legendary items? So would that take them a higher level to get? And what no, level? No, it's, would it's that totally be? random. It could be level five, and if you were on the right place in the right time, you could totally get it. Because it's not like it's not an overpowered wow. item, as I said. It's not something that you could just wave and destroy ceilings. It's not. It's something like really significant that it gives like it gives value the value itself is what makes it legendary it's not the magic within it hmm. so yeah what what is an example do you have an example of such a weapon that you've created and this is homebrew right or are you uh, uh yeah this is over so basically the, there's this homebrew. knife it's been used by a hero mm -hmm. before but that it's it's considered as legendary weapon because it's been used by a hero. But that hero did not actually use it as part of it, like a warfare or something. It's just a daily knife for him. But through the ages, it developed this this um how do you say it um. something so short of an influence that people believe that it's something great because a hero held it once uh it's not it's the branding yeah, it's yeah <laughs> <laughs> part of so it is it's the not branding. it's not something very dangerous but it's something very important okay that that makes sense Makes sense. So, is it something sentient or no? no but it's, or it's no. it's a really good knife. Like, 
It's something you don't no, we... need to, like, um, what do you call it? To sharpen uh, for a very long time. Yeah. Mm. You know, there are a lot of stuff that are um, in D&D &D that you don't think about, like, yeah, sharpening Yeah, and it's blade. unbreakable. Yeah. You know, you're... you're yeah. Yeah. Stuff like little stuff like that that makes your weapon special and they're magical. Um magical items, what else? Uh, is there politics involved? In uh your there is, but I'm not sure about how much that I could actually like blend to the story. Uh if that happens. But um there's politics. Because um, that's a part of the story. There will be like um, the combat will be like uh, uh, catching a flag. So basically, you will attack this castle. If you win it, you can take it. If they attack that castle, the if 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 you lose, they will take it. So. It was like a domination game mm -hmm. that um, your characters or the characters in this world will try to dominate other kingdoms. Uh, oh, it's like a, a feudal setting. Yeah, then. it's feudal. It's a medieval. Yeah. This is pretty cool. The politics. What uh, is there a economic wise is it um leaning to one socioeconomic status or is it like almost equal for everyone or is there are there more rich people versus poor people how does that um yeah well um as as, so, as i want to make like rich beautiful world there are rich people they are lucky people who are rich there are poor people, even though they like work their whole lives, still poor. And yeah, um, I'd like to create like a caste system, so that mm -hmm. yeah, just for the flavor of the world. But yeah, I'm not sure about how everyone feel about slavery, but I'm open to it. Let's just say it about that. Yeah, it's um, it's in a fictional world, and those things can happen. Like really bad things really happen. Mm -hmm. I, mean, I don't, I don't want my world to be like, setting. like a happy-go-lucky world. Yeah, Sanitized. like everything is okay. No discrimination happening here. No, I want my world like a yeah. world that's breathing. Like there's a you can feel the history in it. Yeah. yeah. Hmm, let's see. Magic races. So you you did mention discrimination. Is there what races are usually what races do you usually allow in your world? Is it all of them and do you uh uh just the, the major the ones? Not really between... the mm -hmm. like the newer ones are like in space fairing creatures. <laughs> <laughs> nah, uh, yeah. Indeed. 
And how are they, how, how do they interact with one another? Is there discrimination between one and the other or are they all just, um, they don't really care? So, um, this has ha this hasn't happened yet because they're supposed to be like, each race are supposed to have like kingdom that they belong to. But as, as the story progressed, there will be like a kingdom over fall and rise. So depending which kingdom fall and wishing them rise the discrimination will be fall to those whoever loses mm. so it's an ongoing so what probably it's an ongoing yeah. is it in your campaign it's in a campaign or... yeah. to, to be yeah and spoilers well no one's gonna play it so huh. <laughs> well you don't know that they could uh, what what else let's see um so now that you have your world and working elements how do you deploy your uh players when you start a campaign okay we're fully going into D D now how do you how do you gather them basically if you have your players like how do you usually introduce them so yeah, I've then... tried like the tavern um setting story like everyone yeah. else. I tried that. <laughs> I also tried like um like a celebration, they all meet in a celebration. And I also tried mm. like um they were already established uh they were already like registered adventurer and then they were called into a town and then this town is just Spoilers, spoilers, full of carnivores, like. Oh. Then, like, before they will send out, because the request is supposed to be, like, kill goblins. But, okay, this is very spoiler-heavy territory. Okay, so this is how it goes. So, yeah, um, a town is requesting for adventure, like, to kill goblins. And then... This is before the story happens. Um, like a mid-size, um, like mid-level adventures was sent and they never came back. And then, oh. like, yeah, um, since the territory is not very well off and very not, like, uh, monster heavy, just no, like, work for the adventurers there. So most adventurers in the area are low levels. And then, since there's no high-level adventurers in the area, um, the, adventure, the Adventurers uh, Guild decided to send uh, to, beat, to beat the goblins with numbers rather than uh, strength. So they sent like a multiple lev level ones on the town to help them with the goblins, okay? So after that, before, mm -hmm. before the town set off, uh, the adventurers to the goblin to kill them they have a feast for them like a like, good luck feast because they're gonna be helping the village after everyone has taken the food and drink the beer all adventurers collapse and lose their consciousness and then they wake up in the underground dungeon surrounded by the villagers 
being chopped one by one. Depending. <gasps> so, Continue, go okay. on, carry on. So yeah, being chopped one by one, depending on the role. <laughs> because I, I, I don't plan to kill all the players, but there are other adventurers that's with them, which is not part of a party. <laughs> so yeah. So each, every time, so for the villagers to choose which one to kill is that they ask, they says to, or they say to the adventurer, I have a plan and I know how to get out. If the, if you're willing to go with a plan, they will kill you. And, and then after that, yeah. So there, there'll be lots of roles to identify certain cues and how to avoid it. But I'm not going to railroad my, my players to kill them. First, I'm going to give them a chance to avoid certain death. But they're going to wake up like mm -hmm. on a dungeon surrounded by carnivore, like carnivore race eating adventures. So basically, that's the whole trade. Mm -hmm. They ask for help. Once the adventure guild send help, they like feast on those adventures. So is this like um? So these are all adventurers from yes. the guild, mm -hmm. right? So so what is the the guild about? Is it just a main? You know, what are the benefits of being mm -hmm. in in that guild? Yeah, basically, is this is a new town. Guild? It's like a a bunch of displaced populace that was sent by the king somewhere, and the like edge of the kingdom to start like a new frontier. But um, not known to everyone that this is just like a cult. Oh yes, I'm fish eating cult. So yeah, there's that. The guild. The, the, the guild the is cult? not. The guild has no idea. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. I was about to say that is some ingenious. No, I, <laughs> I don't want my. Well, the guild will be just heavily suspected at that point. Yeah. Yeah, but, but it, it's kind of, is this like the first time that the cult has? Yeah, basically, this it, is though. the start of the like story. The guild oh, no. Basically, the first victim okay. was the mid tier party. And then uh -huh. there will be a few more adventures sent until the story starts. In. Yeah. Uh, eventually somebody will catch on to like you know we've been sending adventures yeah. to that part and some of them don't come back that's a reason why but you know there's no no witnesses uh, nobody yeah. would know so that's interesting so what is the um what are the encounters for uh for, that? for the first part uh, um most encounters are versus the villagers if they want to fight or they also have an option to just sneak out if they want to. And what levels? Do um, start? I usually start with level two or level three. I don't want to start at level one because these are like already experienced adventurers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What do you usually prefer for yourself to start? adventures what level i usually start? want to start like around level three to level six because there's no mm -hmm. fun in playing level one 
it's a it's grind, a grind. Yeah. so a yeah grind. i want, want to start yeah. starting with a good sense of combat and a good like mm-hmm. yeah because some players will just write some crazy backstory that doesn't match up with your character and then just like level one so at least make them level two yeah 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 level three is i think it's it's nice to have at least um the option to have the the class features by then you know yeah well three, depending on how much they want your world can handle because but level mm-hmm. three is already like really strong for common unless you yeah. want like really like to find gods yeah. like at some point yeah Yeah, I said, like, I think um, you mentioned how modules usually end at level yeah. a certain, they mm-hmm. cap they at do. certain levels. Yeah, yeah, it's really... And homebrews. They are... don't necessarily reach, like, epic level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unlike homebrew. What's the, I think one of the, one of the campaigns I started in... One of them, we were in a cage. I think we woke up and we were in in cages. I think, mm-hmm. and we were trying to escape. But that, but that didn't really, um, kick off because we only had one session and then oh. it just kind of the schedules fell apart. But that was an interesting start to be in separate cages. Yeah, I heard that so, one too. Like you, those are there are people who use that like a story hook. Hmm. As opposed to you all meet. Yeah, well, everyone uses that, so that's like generic start <laughs> of the story. Yeah. The standard. Yeah, you meet in a tavern, then you roll any. Yeah. Well, let's see. I want to make something different, but I haven't figured it out yet. So, I'm hoping to start one soon. I I am working on a lore mm-hmm. for something okay. for homebrew but i also adapted it adapted it to um the current lore okay. environment yeah so i utilized uh the warp lands and basically what happened was when the katran empire fell and um mirage's daughter wanted to tap into the power of the Forbidden Veil, where Tharis Dune's um, okay. prison was. She she failed because the Fate Breakers, um, this group that believes in, well, they're, they're, they're a sect or something. They, they want to prevent, like, cataclysms and stuff. So they went ahead to thwart her plans. They succeeded. She died, but she did manage to um, unleash a portion of the power that created the war. Okay. So, what I did was, I made it to where, from that point, there were survivors that were involved in both sides of the conflict that were trapped there when the warp um, happened. Because it was an abrupt change and it was an expansive change. So some of them were trapped, um, some of them died. And then those that survived eventually adapted to the new Terran Mm -hmm. and formed the groups that I I told you about, like the the three groups. 
the scavengers, scavengers, the the growers, and then the prowlers. So the scavengers, um, initially is a big group, and they had like half orcs, orcs, humans, half elves, like the people who were part of that that fight, but generations down. And um, a segment of that broke off and became the prowlers group. And they call themselves the Vale's Chosen because they hold on. These were originally loyalists to mm -hmm. Narash. And they, they still hold on to the belief that whatever lay in the Forbidden Vale, whether it's the untapped power or the current warp, um, that power belongs to them and they want to use it for their own ends. I see. Okay. And the main scavenger group does not really subscribe to that. They just want to survive. Because they know that there are dangers to such powers. So the two splintered off. And while one flourished, the other kind of um, delegated themselves to the southern region where there's mm -hmm. desert. And they figured out how to survive there too. And then there's the growers, which um, started out with a small group headed by an archdruid whose grove was um, heavily destroyed by the warp. And he used whatever powers he had left and time to rebuild something, but he couldn't. So he kind of created these mini greenhouses okay. just to, to help, just to help like cultivate something. Because the warp, um, I don't know if Laura would, would approve it, but I made it so that the warp taints everything, even the soil. So nothing Pacifica. really... It can grow. It has it. Yeah, there's there's fertile land, but it's not what it produces is not something you can eat and then you'll be fine. It has a cumulative uh, cumulative yeah, detriment okay. somehow yeah. because it's it's warp produced. So the druid basically creates and destroys water and purifies, you know, food and drink, mm -hmm. and then. Eventually, they also die. Um, the The reasons they don't know for sure, but they blame um, the warp. But he was able to like uh, take on three apprentices, which help like um, carry on his legacy. So they do that. They have their own tiny group, and they work with the scavengers to provide them food, and the scavengers provide them protection. And the prowlers, um, they're called the prowlers because. They don't have um, the knowledge or resources and the organization that the other two groups have. So they basically just stalk and take advantage of opportunities when, when they arise uh -huh. to steal yeah. or take what they can. Okay. Yeah. But scavengers, they have three um, subclasses. Uh, they have the Argonauts, which I designated as hunter-gatherers. And they're basically the ones who go out and gather materials, mm -hmm. um, hunt bees, or uh, look for bounty and loot. And these, in turn, are used um, as items to be sold in the markets, either as spell components or meat or magical items in, in MIP. That's what I suggested. And then they have the chroniclers, which are the navigators and cartographers. And their job is basically to chart the lands as far as they can. And the scavengers have the most information when it comes to history and geography. 
because they've collected that since um when they when they were trapped so the survivors from there they just collected all the information shared it documented it and passed it down so they're a, a pretty knowledgeable group mm -hmm. and if you ever need a guide or need to look for something that you believe is in the war plans uh the best chances to do that is to get a scavenger as a, as a okay. guide basically of course they don't have they don't have the whole land mapped and there's uncharted territories that they just designate as uncharted but every time they go out they send a hunter and then a navigator or a cartographer to to record and add on to the pile of stuff that they know and then they also have the healers which just basically not a lot of them there's not a lot of resources but they have them for you know helping treat people so basically that's those are the three loose communities mm -hmm. that i've uh, come up for in the warplands and that's where i'm building that's what, what i'll be using to build encounters on okay so what's your like story why why would the ventures go here well one of the story hooks for the oh no spoiler alert. oh no oh no for low levels <laughs> uh, spoiler alert uh one of the uh adventures i plan for low levels is basically just a material gathering i see okay. um so if if i see somebody's asking for lore on certain magic items um that's how i'd like to build the encounter mm -hmm. on um have somebody like tap I don't like doing the the guild hall because a lot of people now don't really stay there. It's a it's a dead so maybe place. Just, so... <laughs> yeah, like... no one goes there. Like I could, uh, yeah, or just an, an ad for for you know, we sell all these stuff because the the motive the motive for the group is the the warp the warp provides, and the warp takes so taketh or something like that. So um, every once in a while, uh, the the scavengers would send off somebody, a, repre a representative with a pack of goods to sell in the city. And that's who I RP when I run MIP. And and that's that's one of the, the NPC hooks that I'd be using if I'm going to run a, an encounter for, for low to mid to gather lore or MP for the right. items. Sounds good and just base it off on that and then one of the other hooks that i have more spoiler alert so the scavengers have um old timer which is a i'm thinking low or mid-level wizard um and he wants that artifact retrieved the mm -hmm. shield guardian i think I, I remember i told you about that and it's a a two-parter because first he would want this shield guardian, this artifact retrieved, which is probably a, a lower mid-level adventure. And then once he has that, he'd start um, commissioning for materials to to rebuild the shield guardian into a warforge, which I will eventually turn into another NPC. I see. Okay. So. There's that. There's the material gathering for the Warforged. Um, and then the other is a body retrieval. So there's three, uh, three scavengers that were sent out and 
didn't come back. They were supposed to gather materials, but they didn't come back. So a party will be sent out to find them. And the party is supposed to encounter uh, basilisks. And the retrieval is for three petrified um, members. Okay. Yeah, Not the party, but, but the, the scavengers. And the plan was only one of those, um, only one of the scavenger, the petrified bodies is actually viable for, for salvage. And this one, on this mission too, the, the object, one of the objectives is to gather an intact basilisk gullet, or as many mm -hmm. as they can, because the the growers and the scavenger healers will be using that to extract um, oil to cure the petrification. And the unpetrified member is going to be another unlocked NPC, which will have a missing limb, like I think the, the arm, because of the... that was destroyed during the... when she was, she was in stone form. Oh, okay. So, it, yeah, so they'll be able to use the oil, but there's a missing limb, and she's the only survivor, so she lost her parents, which are the other two scavengers uh, included in that uh, mission. And this NPC called Yawa will be added to, to the pile <laughs> okay. of NPCs. And then there are other plot hooks. <laughs> there are other plot hooks, because the, the Prowlers will also have their involvement. And one of the one of the things I planned for the basilisk gut retrieval will be that um on while the party is busy with uh fighting, somebody would notice that there's this one person trying to steal a basilisk egg, and that would be a a, a okay. prowler. Sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. These are still yeah, under just, just appro for approval, right? Development. Yeah. Yeah. These these are still un for approval, but if if I, in either case, I'd want to use it for mm -hmm. a home game because I think it would be a, a great okay. story as well. Sounds yeah. good. Yeah, you could definitely run that as a home game, but I'm not sure if lore will allow it. But but so far, it's a yeah. solid yeah. story. It's just that lore theme is a bit strict. Yeah, yeah, because they'd have to consider um, future, because we're setting, yeah. we're setting... And location and stuff, so. Yeah, there's a lot of potential there, because I want to use the, the creatures as well. And I also uh, created two potential races, because I don't know if you, you've looked at um, races available, they have custom lineage. Nope. Races. Yeah, we have we have those. Uh, you can use. I think you can choose to have dark vision and then plus two to an ability and a plus one to an to a different ability, and then that's that's all you get. But you don't get the the race related skills, like the skill versatility and whatnot. But you can create like awesome. something custom okay. for that. Yeah. So I introduced. Um, Warp Born and Warp Touched. So Warp Born are basically those that were created out of the warp. Sometimes um, when circumstances are right, for some reason, the warp creates uh, humanoid Ooh. creatures that are not like monsters and creatures. 
And these um, humanoid creatures, they they all have the warpborns are basically what they're called. They all have one theme in common. They thrive well in the warp, but not outside of it without arcane help in some awesome. form or other. So I'm working on that and seeing what how they would survive outside of it. But yeah. So they're they're very valuable, but they're also very independent and strong willed. And currently the scavengers have five, the growers have I think two or three. And then the prowlers are believed to have about nine or ten. But um the rumor is that they must be providing either promises of a great bounty or something of higher value for them to retain the warp born because they don't really they prefer their independence. So they, they must have some kind of a, something that ties them to the group. Yeah. And then the second one is Warp Touch. It's basically everybody else that was there when the warp was created. So I haven't figured out um, what the afflictions are, but I'm thinking they just have this... Um, it's like a okay. background mm -hmm. feature, yeah. probably. It just allows them to... Like how Outlander works. A see. It allows them to survive mm -hmm. in the warp plants and have certain proficiencies like um i was thinking of first for the scavengers um, magic initiate because what i plan to do is the the navigators and the cartographers they are all able to cast encode thoughts so that in case they're out um in case they're out trying to chart some portion mm -hmm. of the territory yeah they cast what they know and what they've recorded into a thought and leave that strand there okay. so that the the other the other um, members of the group can come retrieve it in case something happens to them or they can retrieve it so it's good yeah time. it's a solid yeah. it's a story uh, start yeah. yeah so there's that and some of the some some of the missions would involve retrieving the the thought strands basically for like low levels and such what else and then foreigners they don't like um outsiders because the warp touch and the warp born they're collectively um called uh the forgotten because nobody knows they exist and they and nobody came back to see if they're alive you know nobody came to help mm -hmm. them out um through the through the decades so they consider themselves the forgotten and they don't really care so much about um, outsiders, they guard their secrets well, because they know that the knowledge that they have, even though it's not a lot, it's also uh, uh, can be linked to power, and they want to keep the keep it within themselves. So, outsiders are regarded indifferently unless you've earned their trust. Then they can be warm, but they they won't open up to outsiders. Basically. Okay. Yeah. 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 But I think that's all I have for that mm -hmm. one yeah but it's it's a okay. good start so how about your homebrew world my homebrew world is in <laughs> <laughs> i have i have kind of forgotten how i would implement the the, the fantasy because there's so many loopholes now every time i look at it it's like all i see are holes and i'm Trying to fill the gaps well, of those you're holes, not gonna start as a perfect world holes. it's gonna be no there's gonna be loopholes for that yeah 
Yeah, so uh, for for the homebrew world that I'm creating, I'm just basically creating a an Ezekai. Oh, okay. An Ezekai inspired world where there's uh, the modern world and then this other other world that requires I, I don't even remember much about it now. But basically um I'm not going to spoil it. I think you you, you I'm still okay. going to use Jet Li oh. for it. Yeah, so, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I deleted Jet Li's character because something. I no longer have a slot for my character. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have the yeah. game back. So, what what was thing? Um basically it's a, in a different world from ours and there's a gate that can be opened by a token. And you go there and you're given quests by a guide. And upon reaching several quests later, you will be allowed to have one wish. And that is the prerequisite for... Um, for Wait, is this wish aspired for for us? Like a wish from a DD? Like... It's kind of that, but I had to to change it for for this okay. world. So how powerful because is this? It's, it's like um... Dragon Ball level uh, wish. <laughs> yes, probably. I will. Will I will have to to see. See, that's one well, of the loopholes. Yeah, it will break I, your um... world. <laughs> yes, and that is the whole point. Was that um, if it's too powerful a wish, it could destroy the world. But you also have the option. Because this world is um is in shambles and it's in its life force is basically these wishes. So whatever wish is granted is being uh, the magic also feeds back into the life of the world. Okay, okay. Which is why which is why the strongest candidates for um that they need to be brought into this world are people who have deep desires that cannot be provided for in the real world. Like yeah, we could we could give you that in our world. We could give you the power to obtain that in our world, but you need to do something. Wait, for like us. what kind of desires are like this morality, like ambiguity, like as long as you have desires? There's no. Yeah, yeah. So as long as you have desires, and that comes into play because in this world there's also factions. There's those who want just you know. Who believes that um, better um, morally inclined desires would benefit the world? And there are those that you know we don't care. We want to gain this power, and we're creating this power, and it's powered by desires, and it doesn't matter if it's good or bad. So there's one group that's creating a a weapon or creating, trying to create something using magic derived from desires. And then there's the other that wants to maintain the balance. Okay. So so there's the there's there's that. There's two opposing factions. And if there's more loopholes, I'll just create a third <laughs> or something to balance to balance it out because I didn't think it through. But the main point is at the end you're given a choice to make a wish either for yourself or for the world. And through the years there were people who depending on which faction chose them was able to actually find that what they desired they already have the power to obtain um using just what they have as a person as a character 
it's a character development thing. So by the end of that, um, by the end of that story, they they don't really have anything to wish for. So they offer their wish for the world, which which provides um, additional life force to it. And then there are those who um, who are selfish and use it for their own gain, and the power is lost. But you know, we made that deal. So here's your wish. You could go back. We we get this power, but it's like a, a double-edged sword. It kind of helps um, provide life, but it also okay. So how many like competing factions are in this world? So currently, there's two because there's always evil Good. and <laughs> good. So we'll see. We'll see Very how that monotone, pans out because okay. I have a feeling. Because that... <laughs> that's the easiest, right? Like, because if you make it gray, it's like oh, it's like creating loopholes upon loopholes. So I'll figure out how to do that. And then there's also the the failsafe where there's always that one player that might wish for the end of the world, or somebody from that world who would want the end of the world, and it would basically destroy that world and send every everybody back to um their origin the world mm -hmm, okay. and then they will still have the token so they will not recall everything but just bits and pieces. but they still get the and wish even though they, happened, they don't recall anything okay no <laughs> that's gonna be really bad Once, right away the world <laughs> if the world is destroyed the the capacity to to wish is also gone but um, there's guardians who have uh, who would also find themselves in the in our world, and they'd be they'd have limited powers, but they will have the ability to try and and bring back that world somehow um, using uh, missions and and candors okay. from this world. They're gonna have to try to find the a source of magic, and. And magic is always everywhere. It's, I'll just have to figure out how it's created. At first, I was thinking, like, you know, when people dream of certain things or have nightmares of certain that create something, but I'm like, oh, that's like a whole new bag of worms, and I don't really want to touch that. So I'll figure something out um, for the real world to create magic so that we, we could find some means to use those for encounters okay. and eventually um, have, have enough... New wishes to create, um, to recreate that world or bring it back. It's probably not going to bring everybody back, yeah. But somehow, like reverse the the process. Then you have, can just um, kind of do a do over. You can do like a uh, that twist that there are stronger points mm -hmm. that could like wish make a single wish, but much more powerful. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know, that's yeah. basically Dragon Ball. Just... Yes, seven. And then there's like other Dragon Balls. Like, and uh... then they're like God Dragon Balls. <laughs> oh my god. I think I've only uh, seen like the, the original one and then when it starts like getting so convoluted, I'm like I'm There are okay. alien Dragon Balls. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> hmm. But yeah. Yeah, so that's that's what I have. So okay. Uh, what what other worlds have you created that you want to share, or what what is your dream to make, or have, if you have um, experienced a world where you actually really liked and have played in that you want to share? Oh, uh, I don't know. 
Uh, I don't know. Um, I have not played with Mati Mercer, but he's for the three like. Okay, it's not that bad. Like, for a person who's gonna leave in that world, I don't know. It seems mm -hmm. that yeah, things could get pretty bad, but in the end of the day, there's like a light in the tunnel. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's how that Matt's Mercer's world, like Alexandria. Yeah, so that's mm -hmm. how it works. But yeah, um, probably if there's gonna be a campaign I'm gonna run, it's probably gonna base it like a video game, like a JRPG or something. Yeah, those those are always like the great source yeah, for inspiration. Like, or like a manga. I'm not sure. Or like, oh, a, like book. a book. Yeah, that also works. Uh, weren't you planning on uh, making one out of The Hobbit? Ah, yes. Um, It's already done. I just need players. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And I need, like, I need like, players who, have, who is available for that schedule. Like everyone. Oh, what is the schedule? Uh, I don't know yet because... It all depends on the player. Because it's gonna be like easily like eight hours. Oh my god, it's gonna be it's oh, a one, it's shot, one yeah. shot, right? That's right. Yeah. Eight hours. Imagine that. Is that like a, an estimate? That's or... a guesstimate. <laughs> yeah, because I figured it would be longer. It'd be longer yeah. depending. Depending on how many shenanigans so they want to go through. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly well technically it's not the habit it's just based on the habit oh inspired by yeah the hobbit. I, see. I see yeah you might may want well have like maybe a session zero i don't know if it's, it's just a one shot I, yeah i don't know well, you, yeah. you never well, know true. what kind of players you will get. True, true, true. Yeah, I still need the players who are dedicated to do like an 8-hour long one-shot game. Yeah. You'd be surprised maybe if they haven't played d d in a while. And it's like, it's just that one, one, yeah. one day. Just one day. Scratch the itch. Just one day. And I'll be good for another six months. <laughs> <laughs> Although I have not like finished the ending. There's like the whole story and everything, like encounters. But I don't know how to end it. Like I don't want them to like give them like a basic ending, like, okay, you got the gold, it's over. I don't want that. So oh. I want something like fulfilling perhaps. So I'm still thinking about it. Hmm, that's What else? Well, it's nice to have a, an open ending. True, true. You also have. Will there be dragons? Who knows? Who knows? Maybe there. Maybe there is. Maybe, maybe. there is. 
maybe the players are the directors maybe maybe the <laughs> maybe the characters are actually the villain of the story who knows oh that would be interesting especially if they have if the alignment isn't all good to start with how do you make a villain out of a good aligned character that's that's the, the bigger question there how would without them knowing um i don't know because it's gonna be like takes a lot to keep them in the dark yeah and then you don't know if the player would enjoy that like not all players yeah are because game. other players will probably like well yeah that that makes sense i, didn't I know, heard so. this once before that yeah. a party of morally good characters turn out to be the villain of the story because of the how that that will be because of what or like what kind of mission they choose to take on things like that mm. especially if they didn't really think um yeah because to, to figure out yeah if they've been used or yeah. if there's something seems off and nobody nobody really bothered it's to true, investigate yeah. what if they they He's are just like another amazing. race in the world Mm hmm Yeah. That would be interesting to see. I want to see that happen. Though. There's a... And just, just so I can see the There's a story of that somewhere on the internet that I saw once. Yeah. Oh. Like, send me a link. I will try to find it. It's I, I know it's pretty long. But yeah, I'll try to find it. Yeah, those are interesting twists to encounters that make make players um rethink their decisions on the next go around. If it's if it's just a little tiny thing. I mean, if the party is like to... money motivated, it's just easy to do that. Yeah, no. definitely. And money is always a, a driver they for are low very like chasing for like glory yeah it's also like easy to mm -hmm. do that and they could have um there's always goals probably if you could take advantage of the player goals and yeah you would give you would reach that goal for sure but this is what you have to do to get there yeah it kind of forces forces I, the hand but that's yeah, i don't know them. um i i had like a fellow player before that like it's just really good backstory and he will turn out like evil in the end but because the player likes to be like altruistic like he did not go through with the plan so yeah but if that happened um, like it's like pretty cool story although he might like like turn from the yeah. party right i think those are the interesting parts of uh the rpg is the character development because when you, you expect something out of a character at the beginning and then they they end up totally different by the end because of um reasonable yeah. things circumstances that that's always fun yeah always fun to see yeah, but sometimes it's really hard when 
the player bleeds into the character and starts affecting the decision making. Yeah. 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 That's sometimes that happens subconsciously, I guess. And the DMs would just remind, you know, what would your character yeah. do? Just what your character would do. I think it's easier for me with my other characters to do as they uh, as as they would. But for for Emrys, because Emrys is the first one, I kind of like forget sometimes, and that bleeds through because when I created Emrys, I didn't think about you know that this character will eventually have decisions because I did not know that that was part of <laughs> making character. I I was yeah, you were a new new basically. It, it wasn't fleshed out. But the out. thing is, you oh, still brought that just... the new characters, which is still based on Embrace. Mm, there are yeah, those, so yes. Why how, Why there did you not change that? <laughs> and you are aware of it. Because uh, I, like no. I like having Embrace That's and like... the others. You mean like the, the yeah. iterations of Emrys yeah. in the other worlds? Yeah, I, I, I do that on purpose, but I'm talking about the other char the other characters that okay. are not Emrys. Okay. Yeah, but for the ones that are in the other worlds, yeah, I like those. Because I wanted to create um, Emrys existing in, in, in different parallel parallels, different universes. I want to see how many <laughs> variations. Variants. Members. <clears throat> mm -hmm. All right. Yeah, because it'd be fun. Mm, let's see. Speaking of characters, my characters are my other characters are so poor. I need to get the money. Yeah. Well, money all of my characters are poor except for one. Yeah. For half. <laughs> uh, okay. What else for world building? Um, uh, what are the don'ts? Don'ts. Don't rush anything. World building. Hmm. Sounds good. Uh, what? Don't, don't, don't try yourself um... into a corner. <laughs> don't, maybe, don't, um, don't overdo yeah. it. Sometimes it's okay to like lift a... things away. Yeah, yeah. Just no, there's limitations. Start small. It's okay yep. to start small. Sometimes it's it's better to start small and expand than have everything and then realize there's a, a lot of yeah. holes. Yeah. And you don't have to start big right away. Like, you could start just at that one. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, I think that's, that's all I have. Do you have anything else to add? I don't to know. Lore, world building, etc. I don't know. Because people are different. But for me, like, don't make, like, unnecessary background for people. Like, that are too, like, obnoxious or... That because they are son of a god, they, they, they need to be powerful, things like that. Don't do that. Mm -hmm. At least... At least apply as much as you could realism onto your world. 
Yeah, it makes it easier. For, yeah, unless you're like um, running the, an anime campaign, like everyone's a hero. <laughs> That's hard to to make everybody a hero. Yeah, well, basically, it's just gonna be like Dragon Balls. You will need to just up one level every time, like characters improve. I don't know. Yeah, you have you, you need like stronger and stronger. Yeah. It's um, it's gonna be like villains. a villain of the week thing if that happens. Yeah. Yeah. And it's more fun to have uh low level storylines. Yeah. I mm -hmm. think for me personally, because it's the the struggle and is real still. There is beauty there is and simplicity. In the rewards yeah. are too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Keep it simple. Yeah. Yeah, it's. I feel like it's hard to run encounters for epic because, and unless you take so much time to plan something that doesn't really involve just combat, yeah. because combat is like made Wait. null and void. <laughs> the the last time I played um, epic, it was just like an RP game. We just went shopping. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Because there's nothing else to do. Go like to beach. The beach. Yeah. Have a vacation. Uh yeah. Okay, well I think that that's that covers pretty much um all we wanted to talk about today and maybe next time we'll cover something else. Mm -hmm, we don't know yeah. yet. As usual, we just we just wing it. See where it uh -huh. goes. Thanks for listening. Please like and subscribe. Uh, and tolerating us, yeah. Yes, if you if want it's on to, YouTube, if you don't want to, it's what, fine. <laughs> whatever platform this is going to be. Yeah, YouTube, Spotify, and I think there's uh, Google. I, for I forgot, but Spotify and YouTube are the, the two main ones that we usually have these up. So thank you for listening and join us again next time on Anuni.